We're talking undervalued wide receivers, and the show's going to start right now. Welcome back. back. It's Bob's Three Toad Warriors with a Word on the Streets, Season 1, Episode 25. We're coming from Studio 1329. In today's show, we're continuing the undervalued series with wide receivers. Michael Royer, as you or as you probably know him on Twitter as the Dynasty Dad, is joining me on the show to break down uh, these guys and, and where you can find some great values. Michael, what's the good word? Hey, it's a pleasure to join you here today. You know, it's been a, a great day. A lot of news going out there on Twitter and excited to talk about these undervalued wide receivers because there's so many of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? We are going to talk undervalued wide receivers. Why don't we hop in on a little bit of that news real quick? Because you know, you, it was not, it's not on the not on the uh, the show doc here. But when you're talking news, are you talking the COVID opt out? I'm talking about talking, yeah. I'm talking about a lot of COVID. I mean, obviously, in the past week, we've we've had a lot of things with you know COVID IR rules and and you know mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. we're going to talk about wide receivers today. But you want your teams to be have that depth. You know, in, in years past, I was all about building that team to have that you know sexy roster to start you know for your for your starters but now i mean depth is going to be huge you're seeing what's happening obviously with the florida marlins i mean 15 guys onto the ir with covid i mean that's nuts now they wouldn't want any games anyways but (laughs) at least least, you know i'm a big braves fan and you know i I give my dad a hard time because the marlins beat the phillies 10 times and i'm from as you can obviously see behind me you know pennsylvania here so we were big time philly guys except myself um and obviously today a lot of lists came out of people that are opting out and one of the wide receivers we were going to talk about his quarterback you know there there's rumors that Nick Foles is going to be sitting out you know Devin Funches came out a lot of guys from New England and what I was saying to a lot of people on Twitter is you know you got to look at this as this is still their job you know we got to make sure that people are safe the families are safe you know uh, I believe Devontae Hightower from New England is sitting out and people are giving him a hard time and I'm seeing it all over Twitter but he's got a five-month baby girl at home you know mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. sometimes those kind of things obviously it supersedes football. And as much as we love football, we got to make sure everybody's staying safe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, real quick, why don't you let the listeners know where they can find your work? Yeah, absolutely. And- yeah. You can find me on Twitter at dynasty underscore dad FF. Uh, I'm the host of the dynasty refinery podcast. We release podcasts every Friday, you know, record every Wednesday. Uh, I write over at dynasty happy hour. So I've got some things, you know, coming up there and I'm also going to be releasing a solo podcast soon. Uh, the dynasty dad podcast, you know, not really original with my podcast name, but you know, excited to get that rolling out. That's okay. Uh, people know what you're talking about, right? Mine's yeah. a little more, uh, you know, word on the streets. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have, I, you know, I look at it back, I'm like, crap, I don't even have fantasy football in there anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they'll figure it out. You know, I was explaining yeah. to my kids, I was coming on here cause I had them, you know, we were going to do it yesterday. And uh, they said, well, what's the name of the guy? I was like, it's Bob's three toed warriors. And they're like, wait, what is that a fantasy football <laughs> name? And I'm like, Hey, you know, we can have whatever Twitter handle we want. I'm dynasty dad. Nobody's going to figure out that's football, you know, but yeah. that's what we love. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's uh, let's hop into this. Let's uh, go in here and let's uh, actually real quick. If you are uh, watching on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the notification bell. Greatly appreciated. If you're listening on the podcast audio, subscribe. A five star rating on Apple would be fantastic or any kind of system that gets any kind of ratings. Just make them nice, please. Um, So and uh, on Wednesdays, we have the fantasy football hump day happy hour. Okay, I got fantasy football on that one, but it's still too long a name on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central. And uh, 
we have great guests on there and we change the subject every week. So uh, you got to see what's on this week. You got to be surprised. Uh, all right. So undervalued wide receivers. Uh, I got a nice list here. <clears throat> we can almost call them disrespected. Some of them, right? Especially some of them. Guy. Absolutely. This yeah. First this first guy, guy is habitually this was my first, disrespected. <laughs> absolutely. He was my first guy that I wrote about when I went with uh, dynasty happy hour. You know, I was like, I got to give them something about the most disrespected, undervalued wide receiver there is. I mean, it's a guy who continually gets 80 plus receptions, over 1,100 yards. You know, one last two seasons, he had six touchdowns and two touchdowns. But I mean, he's finished the wide receiver 11, the wide receiver 14 back to back. And right now, I believe I was looking at it. He's going in dynasty, wide receiver 29. And according to fantasy pros, he's the wide receiver 22. We should probably tell the people and who we're talking about. It's Robert Woods, baby. It's Robert Woods. If anybody follows me on Twitter, they know Robert Woods is my guy. You know, I've been hyping Robert Woods and Matthew Stafford and a lot of guys. Um, but Robert Woods is my wide receiver uh, who I feel is the most undervalued player, period. I mean, if you're talking about a guy who's finished wide receiver 11 and wide receiver uh, 14 and you're getting him in the mid to late 20s, you know, and sometimes in Dynasty he's getting – disrespected even further where you can draft him as your wide receiver three and he's going to put up borderline wide receiver one numbers yeah. um there's there's nothing not to like about robert woods especially if you're playing in a ppr league right oh absolutely that's the only way to go you know and the, the crazy thing is uh, people thought when brandon cooks went down you know they obviously switched more to a, a 12 personnel and they went with the the you know dual tight ends and everyone's all about cooper cup you know and the way they finished mm -hmm. the season those final weeks 11 to 17 Robert Woods averaged 20 points per game in fantasy, you know, over 600 yards, and he put on a show. Yeah. On the flip side, Cooper Cup, a little over 300 yards. He had those five touchdowns that propped him up, but only 12 points a game. And right now, Cooper Cup's going several rounds, you know, both in dynasty and, and in redraft, several rounds ahead of Robert Woods. And I believe Robert Woods is the wide receiver one there for the Rams. Uh, you you can definitely be correct on that. Uh, he's he is sneaky good and he gets disrespected and I'll take him in the fourth round, especially if I went running back, running back. Heck yeah. Yeah. And no. yeah, we had, we had, uh, we had Ryan McDowell on the other day to talk about Scott fishbowl and how we drafted things. And I started out really heavy running back because as we're going to talk about today, the wide receiver position is just so deep. I mean, mm -hmm. you can go those robust running backs. You can get those running backs early, you know, in, in Scott fishbowl, I took Zeke and I took, Eckler and I took Jonathan Taylor and you know I took a bunch of running backs early because you can get wide receivers at value especially in redraft you know and even in dynasty I'm going to allude to a couple drafts that I did but I mean those wide receivers they just keep falling and there's no point in taking them super early um, with with how much depth and volume and just guys that are disrespected and underappreciated there that we're going to cover today absolutely so uh, how do you like him in in dynasty since you mentioned dynasty I have – see, it's tough for me sometimes, and especially with things going on with COVID. Now, I told myself I was not going to do any more Dynasty startups this year. You know, we <laughs> always say that, right? And I was, at, I, I, was at, I was at 10, and because we created a couple Dynasty Refinery Listener Leagues, and I got a chance to be in the uh, Ultimate um, Podcast League, Ultimate Dynasty Podcast League with a lot of guys from UTH, Dynasty Happy Hour, um, you know, DTC and things like that, which was really cool. And then I got a – to be a part of uh, the FFPC, which I've never been in before. And they did a pros versus Joe's, which was mm -hmm. a blast, you know, drafting with Curtis Patrick and, and the goat district and those kind of guys. So I got a lot of invitations. I ended up adding eight of them this year. <laughs> I said zero <laughs> and I went with eight, you know, but they're all, I don't want to add anything that's not different. You know, I want things that are just a, a different mentality. I feel like, uh, 
you know, fantasy football, you do that first dynasty league. It's like a gateway, you know, <laughs> like it, it just yes. opens up and then you just keep adding and then you got to get super flex and you got to do all those kind of things. And Robert Woods is a guy that I have on more than 50% of my teams, Damn. but it's tough. It's tough drafting him because of that age in, mm. in a dynasty, you know, cause you look at that and you're like with COVID-19, if there isn't a season, he's going to be 29 next year. You know, there's that depreciation, but it's undeniable. I've been trying to trade for him. You can get him for a late first in most of your leagues. And I advocate doing that all day, you know? Nice. Let's move on to this guy, Mr. Terry McLaurin. I'm going to pull him up real quick and tell you, he sits down at 25th on the wide receiver, 25th wide receiver, 59th off the board. So that's the uh, second to last pick of the fifth round. In a redraft league, at least I, today, you, you gotta you gotta love a wide receiver who's. I mean, he was the number one last year, and coming out of coming out of Ohio State, you know, we weren't quite sure he was going like third round in dynasty, you know, rookie drafts, and he just became the alpha there, you know, and he he emerged as just a premium route runner guy that you know he finished fifteenth in the league in contested catches. He was known as a good route runner, but he just changed his game completely. You know, he was able to do everything and. Right now, you can get him maybe as a dynasty, you know, wide receiver twenty. I think he's going in ADP and in redraft. And if you can get Fantasy Pros has him at wide receiver twenty eight, and he's going to be the number one on that team by far. I mean, Kelvin Harmon was taking away some some of the reps last year, but Kelvin Harmon he's out the entire year. You know, yep. Steven Steven Sims Jr. He's kind of nice, but there isn't much there. You know, it's it's going to be the Terry McLaurin show, and I feel like what really I feel like everybody thought that he had a chance to be their number one last year, but who was it? You know, it, it wasn't a big deal, but he proved that he can go against number one corners and he can put up big numbers. And a uh, little thing that I, I found on him that I thought was remarkable is out of the last 10 years, he graded out as the number two wide receiver in pro football focus his rookie grades only behind Odell Beckham's rookie year, you know, and people don't really talk about it as much because obviously AJ Brown tore it up and everybody loves DK Metcalf and, you know, all those wide receivers that really balled out, but Terry McLaurin needs to be in that conversation. And if you're talking wide receiver 28, you can get him as your wide receiver three in a lot of, you know, redraft leagues. Yeah. 14 games in did uh, 14 games in the last season. Had, uh, I believe that's uh, 919 yards, seven touchdowns, so not too shabby. You put in those other two games, he's he's easily over 1,000 yards, and that's his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, that's phenomenal. It's just you, – you can't put – and he just keeps getting better and better. You know, I feel like from the beginning of the year, he really hooked up with Case Keenum, and then he struggled a little bit when Dwayne Haskins took over in the middle there. I mean, I believe he started out his first five games with over 100 yards. He's the first rookie to ever do that. And then there was a little bit of a growing pains there, which is interesting because they were college teammates. But him and Haskins towards the end started hooking up again, and I feel like Haskins takes a step forward. And Terry McLaurin, like what we have with these guys here is Robert Woods and Terry McLaurin, the guy we're about to talk to, uh, talk about, you can take as a wide receiver too, maybe even a wide receiver three but they're going to put up borderline wide receiver one weeks for you and, and possibly even finish somewhere in that high wide receiver two range. Yeah. Not the super high upside, not the real boom guys so far that we've right. talked about, but yeah, if you exactly. want steady Eddie, put on the hard hat and go to work kind of guy, get yeah. you some good, a good base floor. Yeah. There you go, right. And everybody, everybody picks out the big sexy names, you know I mean? Obviously yeah. everybody wants, everybody wants 
Chris Godwin. I mean, that's my big guy, you know, and everybody wants Julio. Everybody wants, you know, Hopkins and all those kind of things. But these are the guys that can win you leagues. I mean, you're not stretching and taking Robert Woods in the first round, but these are the guys you can get in rounds four, five, six, seven that complete your team and make it an all around legit contender. Yep. Make it bye week, more bye week proof, more injury proof. Exactly. Nothing's really bye week proof, people. Don't yell at me. Nothing's really <laughs> proof, but you guys know what I mean. Come on. Yeah, I had a lot of guys talking recently about like when they do redraft, they said, you know, Mike, do you do you look at when the bye weeks are? And I'm like, no, I draft best player available. You know, and someone's like, did you see what their schedule is week one through three? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to be in the playoffs. You know, that's the way I build my teams. I'm going to be there. You know, I want to make sure I get the best possible players. And when they when I need them is when is playoff time. Yeah, I'm always uh, I'm probably more torn on that than I should be. I, I look more at the bye weeks on those onesie twosie position type deal. So yeah, I'm in a super flex. I'm paying attention more to my bye week, right? Because yeah. granted, you can grab things off the waiver. Well, you can't grab a quarterback off the waiver wire usually, <laughs> unless someone gets injured. But you can grab things off the waiver wire. You can trade for stuff, but you can't always guarantee that either. So yeah. in a super flex or my tight end, I personally don't like, especially in a shallow league on a redraft. I personally don't like to have my quarterback and tight end be on the same buy. Yeah. Because that little rotational spot that I'm going to stream on, I right. don't want to steal two of them if I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, dynasty's one. Yeah. I mean, you're running with like 25 plus on a dynasty, but when you're talking right. redraft, I mean, I'm in one where you start 11 and your rosters, roster size is 15. So, I mean, you have to pay attention there a little bit, but yeah. most leagues you want to take the best player available, absolutely. you know, and try to try to force them that way. Yeah, absolutely. Or make it your tiebreaker if you're between two. Yeah, but yeah. No, yeah. All right, so the next guy on the list is DJ Chark. The man had just over 1,000 yards last year, eight touchdowns, and he is 23 off the off the board, 23rd wide receiver, 52 off the board. Okay. Yeah, and I, I just did that FFPC draft that I was talking about, and he went in mm-hmm. Dynasty at wide receiver 26. I mean, we're talking a guy who – you know, six foot four prototypical wide receiver. You know, you got to love DJ Charks. You know, obviously he didn't play his rookie year, but his, as a sophomore, I mean, that was a phenomenal season. Sure. And what he was able to do, you know, obviously he finished. Jay Gruden's talking about putting him all over the field. You know, they just he tweeted that out the other day. DJ Chark, most people think he's just an outside deep threat, but I mean, he paid 24% of the time in the slot. They're talking about moving him all over the field. And I don't know about you, but what I'm seeing in DJ Chark and Gardner Minshew with what's going on there in Jacksonville is they're getting rid of the entire defense. They are, you know, a lot of people obviously thinking they're tanking for Trevor. It's going to be a lot of negative game strips where Gardner Minshew could have a Blake Bortles type QB one season, you know, and DJ Chark could be the Allen Robinson of that. You know, I mean, yeah. that wasn't this the the most fun to watch for the first three quarters, but when it was slop time, <laughs> those guys were putting up numbers and DJ yeah. Chark is a very underrated wide receiver. You know, there were a lot of times I feel like the first half of the season, he was on pace to be a wide receiver one, you know, and there was a lot of back and forth between Foles and, and Minshew and you got to love Minshew mania, you know, the mustache and he, he's going to, he's going to force it to him because what else is there? I mean, it's, it's Keelan Cole, it's DD Westbrook, um, it's Chris Conley and their tight end is Tyler Eifert. I mean, it's not, it's not a lot to go around, you know, that the talent is not real there. And, and Minshew's going to be playing for a job. He wants to try to prove that he can be a starter in this league. And 
and he did look good when he played, but I feel like he's going to force it to DJ Chark. And last year it was 118 targets. This year I could easily see it over 130. Yeah, he uh, he definitely does not have the stiffest of competition sitting in front of him. And um, he, I, I drafted him in a, in a dynasty league, and then I, I traded him way up the first year just to make yeah. him. And then of course you know you like know, yeah I know, but rosters aren't deep enough. I had to move him. You think it's a flash, right? You know, yeah. and that's what I did that actually in one of my redraft leagues because I, I love in redraft making those two-for-one trades. You know, I'm in a lot of teams where you want to just get that best roster as you're going forward, and I believe I traded him and <sighs> might have been him and Todd Gurley for Chris Godwin because I was trying to just – I had plenty of running backs, so I was trying to upgrade a wide receiver, you know. So right. it worked out, but, yeah. yeah, he ended up having a really, really nice season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next on the list – we're not going there. We're going to say, let's talk about the projects you're going on. Cause you you're working on, you have a couple different projects work that you're working on right now. Let's take a, let's take a little minute. Ski, Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really excited. Um, we're branding up for the dynasty dad podcast, you know, talking about, uh, we got a, a Debbie league. We're going to, you know, introduce with that. So that's going to be on Twitter here. You know, the, uh, Debbie dynasty dad dominator can't beat that oh, for an yeah. eliminate or, uh, a little alliteration uh, yep. but we're super excited to kind of get that going um you know i have a couple articles here i'm working on obviously at dynasty happy hour you know if you guys haven't checked them out dynastyhappyhour.com you know uh, my rankings are on there so pretty busy right now you know a lot of things going on but uh i love it you know i mean dynasty fantasy football you know is just a thing that's it's my passion right now. You know, obviously I'm a dad and that's my, that's my first thing, but I love talking about football. I love coming on podcasts and, and dropping things here and there and just trying to have some fun with it. Heck yeah. All right. That's awesome. So when do you think the first uh, episode is going to come out? This weekend. Yeah. I'm shooting for Friday. Yep. Absolutely. And it's going to be more of a, the dynasty. Only doing. What's that? So there's no trying. It's only doing. Just try. It's going to be Friday. There's yeah, you're right. Like as Yoda says, there's no try. It's only do. Um, just trying to show how dorky I am. My son will be real proud of that. <laughs> he loves Star Wars. I slid, it in, I slid it in under the radar the way I said it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yours was much cooler. You know, you kind of got that going. Um, at Dynasty Refinery, we had a lot of guests on. We, you know, we built a lot of roster construction. At Dynasty Dad Podcast, we're going to make that, you know, twice a week, 20-minute hard-hitting episodes So you guys, you know, for that shorter commute. You know, I feel like a lot of times people are wanting that hard hitting, just hit you with the facts, hit you with what you need to do. And you guys can obviously find me on, on Twitter. I'm super active on there. That's where you and I met, you know, we're in a couple group chats together and I just love interacting with the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you people heard them, go follow them, go listen to them, go subscribe, be the first. You won't be the last, but you'll be the (laughs) first. Get in there. All right. I don't know if you like to gamble. I don't even know if it's gambling. I went and picked them up in a dynasty league. Um, Brandon Cooks. Brandon yeah. Cooks is a gamble, right? I mean, let's look at his from what 20 I know questions. Yeah, I know. 2015 to 2018. I mean, he was the most sure thing in Dynasty, right? You were gonna get a thousand yards, you were gonna get yep. eight touchdowns, and Malcolm Jenkins messed with his head, man. I mean, in that Super Bowl, that hit he put on him, and the concussions just keep piling up, you know. And last year, barely over 500 yards, and I believe two touchdowns was his worst season ever you know he he was on the field for 14 games but the thing with Brandon Cooks is you know that injury risk is heavy you know if he gets another concussion it's not a one-week thing because he I believe that would I think he's had six already you know at least five I think it's five maybe six concussions so if he has another one 
it's going to be rough. But on the flip side, Deshaun Watson needs that number one wide receiver. Yeah. And Will, no one's more injury prone than Will Fuller. You know, he's already hamstrung. He's going to be out by week two. We already know that. And, you know, the only other guy there is Randall Cobb. So Brandon Cooks could post nice wide receiver two numbers, but it is a bit of a gamble because of that, because of that injury history. Um, you've seen a lot of things during COVID. He's been working out directly with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's an elite quarterback who's going to post numbers. So I want wide receivers tied to that. And if I got to choose between Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, I'm taking Brandon Cooks every time because he's on the field most of the time. You know, he has those concussion problems, but over the course of his career, he's been on the field. Sure. The nice thing about a concussion problem is that it's only a problem while it's a problem. Yeah. It's not one of those problems that I remember uh, Fuller coming back, making, I think, his first catch last season after coming back from his hammy. He was over on the left sideline, and he got up on one knee, and he kind of just tapped the hammy. And I was like, oh, crap, did he just pull it again? But he was like, oh, yeah, I'm back. I think is what he was trying to say. Yeah, but no one knew what the hell it meant when he did it. <laughs> right. You don't want Will Fuller in anything other than best ball. Best you ball. know, best ball, that's great. Because, I mean, you look at his stat line, you're looking at three fantasy points, four fantasy points, 52 fantasy points. You're like, where did that come from? You know, and you can't start him. You know, there's no scenario where you put in Will Fuller and you feel comfortable about it. It's yeah. just boom bust. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a nice solid team and you want to put him in as your fourth, fourth wide receiver, second flex. Okay, sure. Maybe yeah. <laughs> on a yeah. week where you're the underdog, you know, like yeah. a lot of times I look at that in there where it's like, if you're favored to win, you never touch Will Fuller. Yeah. I, I do have to admit, I feel very similar about someone else. We're going to mention later as you do about Fuller minus yeah. the issues, but we'll come, we'll come to that one at a time. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, we're not going straight there. Okay. All right. All right. You want to go straight there? No, no, straight there. No. Okay. We'll go in order. You're the host. <laughs> I'm used to being in the host chair. So this is nice. You know, I let you steer the ship and I just have it's some fun good. with it. It's all good. I love it. It's fun. Uh, here's a guy that I don't know if I've ever owned on one single team, and I played in 14 of them last year. And it's not for any reason other than I just don't find a connection with him, Mr. Mike Williams. Yeah. I love Mike Williams coming out of college. You know, and I, I think I overdrafted him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously he was injured right off the bat, and he went top seven. You know, he's a top ten pick in the NFL, so – he goes there with Philip Rivers, and I, I liked him. And he, you know, two years ago he put up what ten touchdowns, you know, and then this past year he put up a thousand yards because everybody said he can't put up yards. If he could somehow blend the two and get somewhere right. in between there, I mean, he'd be a phenomenal wide receiver. Now you enter Tyrod Taylor, and the one thing I like about Tyrod Taylor, and I was a Bills fan, is Tyrod Taylor's not really that great at the short to intermediate, but he throws a pretty deep ball. You know, he he's great at running the ball, but he throws. A very pretty deep ball. And Mike Williams was hindered by Philip Rivers' noodle arm last year. I mean, Philip Rivers, after having nine kids and playing in the league for 30 years, he couldn't throw the ball past 15 yards. And that really helped. That helped Keenan Allen, but that hurt Mike Williams. So I think Mike Williams, right now, I mean, you're, it's wide receiver 42 on Fantasy Pros, you know? So um, yeah. you're looking at that's a, that's a wide receiver four. I'm okay yeah. with the risk, you know? 11th and round. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about this heavy running back early, and I'm fine with Mike Williams as my wide receiver three, four range. You know, I mean, if I have to put him in at my wide receiver one, wide receiver two, yeah, I did something wrong. But, I mean, if I if you get him the three, four, five, and a lot of my dynasty teams, like you said, you haven't had him on a team and a lot of people are down on him, you could probably buy him for two seconds. So, I mean, that kind of upside, 
with, with that kind of draft capital. And who knows? Tyrod Taylor, I, I feel like he plays most of the year, but Justin Herbert could bring out that extra in, in Mike Williams. But we're getting close to that fifth-year breakout, you know, kind of with Corey Davis. And Devontae Parker had it last year, but Mike Williams is on the fringe. What was the Corey Davis news earlier today? It was uh, Pupless. Is it? I, I thought so. maybe they were going to say he's going to be good finally. You know, <laughs> my co-host <laughs> harasses me all the time. So in that draft, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. That, that class was phenomenal. And I took him with my only, my first ever 101 pick. I went Corey Davis. You know, I didn't oh. go Christian McCaffrey. I didn't go Leonard Fournette, Mixon, Dalvin. Tell me, tell me you let I, them sit on the back of the bench just so that eventually you can be like, boom, told you so. I did. I did. And I won the last two championships. So I'm perfectly fine with it. There's no okay. problems there. You know, <laughs> and I ended up trading for all those guys that were in that rookie class. Okay. There you go. <laughs> all right. That's Mr. Mike Williams. All right. I told you that there's another guy that I feel is almost as boom busty, almost as fuller, but not as injury prone. And I feel like that's Mr. Marvin Jones. He's very talented, no yes. doubt. And Stafford is set, assuming health, set to have a phenomenal year. I feel he's set to have a phenomenal year anyway. So the opportunity is there. But talk to me. Talk to me. Convince me. Well, Take me off the ledge. I think I put it on every single day that you should buy Matthew Stafford. You know, obviously he was on pace to be the QB two last year before the back injury, you know, QB two overall, you know, he was, he had a phenomenal year and he's, he's kind of the Robert Woods of the quarterback position. I mean, oh, yeah. no one ever feels like they feel great about getting Matthew Stafford, but if I get Matthew Stafford in the startup as my QB two, I am ecstatic, you know, and, and in redraft, same kind of thing. I believe right now, I, I mean, he's a fringe QB one. I feel like he's going to have that kind of season. And Marvin Jones actually last year was top five in, you know, in touchdown percentage, just him, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, uh, Calvin Ridley and Cooper cup, you know, 67% of the balls thrown to him in the red zone were touchdowns. So he is a touchdown machine. I mean, but he's not on the field that often, you know, and that's the part that really hurts. And what I did, I, I wrote an article on him at dynasty happy hour as well. And I, I extrapolated his last 16 games that he's played with the Detroit Lions. And, I mean, he ends up 78 catches, 1,006 yards, 11 touchdowns over his last 16 games. If he stays healthy, he is that nice wide receiver three, wide receiver four, kind of like Mike Williams, that could give you some weeks of wide receiver one, wide receiver two. You know, that right now I guess he's going wide receiver 39 on Fantasy Pros. You know, so that that's something I can deal with. You know, as, as a guy that fills in on those bye weeks and if I got an injury and if Kenny Galladay goes down, which, by the way, I love Kenny Galladay this year. Kenny Galladay, well, you know, is that he has he's a threat to put up 15 touchdowns and be the wide receiver one overall. And especially yeah. with Stafford there, the points he, he was able to put up, you know, with with the collection of quarterbacks they had after Stafford went down was was fairly ridiculous and just a testimony to what he is. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do love me some holiday uh, as well. I just, uh, we're doing a mock draft for one of our buddies uh, who has a super flex draft coming up and dynasty super flex. And I grabbed him on the tail end of the second round. Yeah. Just, just to snag him and come back around and probably grab a quarterback. But yeah, oh, man, the, the draft I had at FFPC, I, I had it between him and another guy in the third round, you know, cause I really wanted a holiday share. And I traded back because a guy offered me a first to move back into the fourth round. 17 picks later, he was still on the board 
but he went to pick before me. I'm sitting there every pick and I'm texting my buddy. I'm like, holiday is going to fall to the next round. And then what do you know? He goes to pick before. That's, 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 that always sucks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I took the shot and I said, all right, I'm taking my guy. All right. Next up, we have Golden Tate. A vet value. That's what you put. Actually, for both those guys, you call them vet values. Yeah. Golden Tate definitely qualifies in that, in that realm, especially when you're talking about Dynasty. Yeah. I mean, right now, Fantasy Pros, he's wide receiver 54. Um, in that particular draft, I think I got him in the 14th round. Uh, even deeper than the guys I've been talking about here. But if you look at what he did last year, I mean, averaged eight and a half targets a game, five receptions, over 60 yards. And we're talking about guys that, you know, if you're in a three wide receiver league, you're great having, you know, Golden Tate as your wide receiver five or six. And those bye weeks and those when the injuries happen, and especially with what's going on with COVID, I mean, you could be out a couple wide receivers, especially in that same wide receiver group. I mean, things could get really hairy. You could have two guys on one team and two of them are out that week because you got to sit out three weeks once you have a positive test. Yeah. And that, that's going to add a new element to fantasy football here that I think we're in for some new frontiers here and trying to figure out new ways to play. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to shake things up and it's going to test the uh, the skill level of a lot of Absolutely. people. Absolutely. And, and what I love doing is, is making trades. I mean, that that's why I really got on Twitter was like the Twitter polls and the, all the different podcasts. And I was like, well, I do these trades all the time. I mean, I would got to get into this. I made 107 dynasty trades last year. I mean, I am super active in my leagues. Not like I counted them, right? But, you know, I mean. <laughs> How many leagues was that across out of curiosity? That was only in 10 leagues. Now I'm in 18. So get ready for a lot more, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's almost, you know, that's, that's almost 11 a league. And right now, I mean, there's going to be opportunities. There's going to be times where you got to have that draft capital. And I see a lot of people on Twitter trying to give up those 2021 20, firsts. And I'm advocating not doing that because we don't know what kind of season we're looking at. We don't know when you're going to need them. You know, if the season's four games long, you just traded up the 21 first to get James Conner and now he's toast. You know, yeah. like those kind of moves just don't happen. But I like, I like Marvin Jones. I like Golden Tate. I think Daniel Jones takes a big step forward here, not only because I took him in the Scott Fishbowl, but I, I believe in his talent. And uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like this might be the last chance Golden Tate has a good year, but you can get him in Dynasty for a third round pick at this point. And in redraft, you're taking him probably round 15 or later. So, uh, what about Slayton being on the team there? Do you think he's uh, going to pop up and, and, and kick some guys out of the way? Do you think it's going to take some time? Wait, I didn't sit there. That's a crowded. But it, it really is. And tight end, running back, three wide receivers. It's just a I'm lot a, of mouse. I'm a firm believer in draft capital, you know, and I know Darius Layton as a fifth round pick. I loved him as a rookie prospect, you know, getting him in my third, fourth round of rookie drafts. I think mm. the most talented wide receiver or pass catcher around there is Evan Ingram. I think if Evan Ingram stays healthy, that's the guy to own there. Um, obviously, I'd rather have Slayton than, than Tate, but I'm thinking you can wait several rounds later and Sometimes, you know, he was the only guy around last year. Darius Slayton yeah. had a fantastic season. And I'm never going to take that away from him, but I feel like Ingram was hurt, and they had a lot of different guys in and out of that lineup. But he was the, the true constant there, and Daniel Jones locked onto him. So we'll see how things go. You know, but I'm more of uh, pushing to wait a little bit and, and take Tate at half the price. Yeah, that's why as much as I've, I've, uh, I've beat the drum for Parker and he finally breaks out, 
it's like, yeah, he broke out, but he also did it with no one else on the field. Yes. A quarterback who just loves to chuck the shit out of the ball. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so, he was with Fitzpatrick. It was like the ideal situation. And yeah. a lot of times people compare stats to stats and they're, they're not the same. I mean, we're talking no. about a team that's losing all the time and just chucking it around and there's no one else to catch it. Yeah. They're going to have inflated stats. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I hope you guys are enjoying the uh, the quality guesswork going on here. Dynasty Dad FF. Dynasty, nope, that's not it. Dy- at Dynasty uh, underscore yeah. Dad FF. I uh, wait. Was that? I think that was you. That I I sent a message yes, to someone. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you added him to the group Dynasty chat. Dad. It was another Dynasty Dad. <laughs> and I'm in a I'm in a group with a lot of great great people that I talk to. You know, just a a small group. You know, it's not much of a retweet group, but it's it's just we talk trades and we, we yeah. talk about things and they're always like, yo, there's another dynasty dad popped up. And, you know, and the one guy actually, he tweeted out, he goes, Hey, I'm not the real dynasty dad, but I am a dynasty dad. Is it okay if I keep this handle? It was in his thing. And he goes, I could be the dynasty stepdad. I could, I was like, no, you're fine. <laughs> you know, like they're going to, and we're all, it, a lot of us on Twitter are dads. You know, I said, as long as you're a good dad, I got no problem with it, but you know, Dude, they're, they're popping up everywhere. Your infringement rights and your trademark. People yeah, come and ask him permission. People ask Bob permission for crap. <laughs> Nobody wants but to be it, a warrior. Though. It's funny that I mean the last three pods I've been on there, like these dynasty dads are popping up everywhere on Twitter. And you, you and the guy you invited, I think he had like seven followers. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I thought we got to have a little bit of credibility to get in this group. <laughs> yeah, no, I did the same thing with Matt, uh, Matt Goody when I had him on my show. I had I had added him like ah. Oh, and I did the wrong Matt Matt Goody, you know, yeah. two of them. So absolutely. All right, let's talk a little Brashad Perriman. Well, I let's don't hear too often. No, can I combine the two uh, Jets wide receivers here? You know, I mean, yeah, per- Perriman and Crowder. Someone's going to catch the ball, right? I mean, you're both going yeah. wide receiver forty nine and wide receiver sixty, respectively. Um, yeah, it, it's free. I mean, it, it's your last round. It's it's a guy that you're going to plug in, but Sam Darnold finished over his final eight weeks. He finished as a wide or quarterback. He should be the wide receiver. Uh, he finished <laughs> as the QB ten. You know, now they lose Jamal Adams, and and that team, that defense is going to be a dumpster fire. And we talked about negative game stripped pretty much all episode long. Someone's got to catch passes for the Jets, you know, and these guys are going to get targets. Perriman looked to be on that fifth year breakout, like we're talking about, but he looked really good. For Tampa Bay, and he won some people yeah. some leagues in weeks 15, 16 with Jameis yeah. just chucking him the ball. So Darnold's in a make or break year. There's not really a lot there. Denzel Mims probably isn't going to be. I, I'm not advocating to any any rookie wide receivers right off the bat in in redraft because because of COVID, because of training camp and mini camp and all those things that they're normally getting accustomed to. So Brashad Perriman and especially Jameis and Crowder, they could give you some wide receiver three depth. You know, those are guys that you can plug in there. Crowder is going to get peppered. I think, I think it's not going to be sexy. It's going to be that seven catch 52 yards, max, you know, maybe a touchdown, but those count, you know, if you're yeah. playing in PPR, exactly. So that's where guy was free. Exactly. Now, do you think Perriman got some of that same, especially with this quarterback, some of that same love at the end of last season that Parker got, it's literally the same same guy throwing him the ball just so on a different we gotta, 
we got to watch when we're talking about love and Sam Darnold. You know, I don't want him to get he, – he got mono last year. I don't want him kissing college girls and getting getting COVID this year, you know. I mean, it was – Oh, but, damn, COVID this year. That's terrible. That's awesome. That's terrible. That's awesome. Yeah, we had uh, James the Brain on Dynasty Refinery, and he's like, you know, I think Sam Darnold is going to be the only guy to double-dip COVID this year and have miss a bunch of games because of the way he is. But um, I, I do think there were talented guys coming out of college. You know, and there was a time where we used to give wide receivers third – third year for their breakout right mm -hmm. but i don't think perriman really got the opportunity that he did he was raw coming out parker was raw coming out so i mean now's now's the time you get him i i picked up perriman um in a lot of waiver wires last year uh mm -hmm. i traded fourth round picks for him you know so you're not paying a lot of money for him no. And he definitely has the most upside there if you're playing non-PPR. You know, he's the guy that's going to get some red zone looks. Um, my co-host is always into Chris Herndon. It's not a sexy offense. You know, Le'Veon Bell is going to get his. But aside from that, you know, you're, you're looking at guys to fill in your bench. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting on a Chris Herndon chair hoping it becomes something of value. Well, before his DUI, I mean, his rookie year, he had one of the best rookie years in the last 10 years. Then he gets the DUI. He doesn't really play at all last year. And – We'll see where he's at. See if he gets back on it. Earlier in the show, you mentioned uh, one of the guys we're going to talk about later in his quarterback, Nick Foles. Yeah, Anthony Miller. Um, I love Allen Robinson. And uh, Allen Robinson is the cheapest wide receiver one. He's yeah. like just a step above where Robert Woods is, where you can yeah. get him. And that still blows my mind because he had 150 targets last year. And that was with Trubisky. Now we're talking Nick Foles possibly opting out, um, which kind of hurts what I was saying about probably Anthony Miller. Uh, you know, I had in my notes that I think Anthony Miller is a, is a nice young wide receiver guy that you're getting in the last or second to last round of your redraft leagues. Um, yeah. He's going wide receiver 55. I feel like there's some upside there. You know, they got to, again, kind of like the jets, someone's got to step up into that number two role. I mean, the tight end, they brought in Jimmy Graham for their 32nd tight end on the team. And I mean, Jimmy Graham's washed too. So the offense has to funnel through something. They're, they're going to throw the ball at least 500 times and somebody's got to get them targets. And I feel like Anthony Miller's the guy. He showed some flashes here and there, but I feel like, again, same kind of thing as Crowder, same kind of thing as Perriman. These aren't guys that I'm advocating run out there and go make a trade for them or take them earlier than you should in, in redraft. But mm -hmm. they fill in the end of your bench with that last spot. If they don't pan out the first couple of weeks, that's fine. You got plenty of different options. Get them, yep. kick them to the curb. But I feel yep. like they have some some real opportunities coming up. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So uh, before we sign off here, what are some what are some closing tips you would have for people in a redraft draft and in a uh, dynasty? We'll say maybe you're you're trading for for some players in dynasty. Any any closing tips? As we're kind of thinking about these values more and more, more leaning towards the values, like mentality wise, like yeah. how to be on the spot there. <laughs> no, no, I like it. I like it. Um, in, in dynasty. I mean, there's so many tools out there, you know, obviously you have your ADP from DLF and you have so many people. I mean, if you're not on Twitter, you need to be because it's such, there's so many great minds out there. There's so many analysts. There's so many people willing to give advice. I mean, you can hit me up anytime, and I, I'm going to give you guys my my take on things. And the values in Dynasty, I always preach, it's buy high or buy low, sell high. You know, you buy a guy where right now there's COVID news that Justin Jefferson's going to sit out for a little bit. Go make that guy an offer. You know, he might think, oh, wow, that's a bad thing. To me, 
He's building up some immunities here. Justin Jefferson's a great wide receiver. Strike while the iron's hot. Two years ago, I bought Tyreek Hill for a third round rookie pick because of, you know, <laughs> and I'm not trying to take advantage of a bad situation, but I knew the guy was really having a hard time. He's like, I don't want Tyreek Hill on my team. I was like, I'll give you a third. Tyreek Hill's what early second round startup pick at this point, you know, so you got to take some of them risks, really be willing to play the market. You know, it's, it is like a stock market, <clears throat> buy low, sell high and, and do those kind of things. Um, with, with redraft, I'm actually down to just one redraft league, you know, and I, wow. I enjoy redraft. It's my work league. Um, it's 19 years running. I've been in the championship 16 years, so I just can't quit it. Uh, it's phenomenal. And as, as you can see behind me, I have our, our draft boards. Um, we get our draft boards at draftkits.co. They make the most phenomenal boards. I mean, honestly, having that, to me, redraft is all about that experience of getting together with your buddies and enjoying that and, and find different, you know, take your work colleagues. Your, I play with a lot of my former college baseball teammates and, and things like that and keep those friendships alive and do those kind of sure. things. But to me, there's nothing better than just an at-home redraft league where you get to sit down with your buddies, have a couple of beers and just have some fun with it. Because I feel like so many people try to make it more than what it is. You know, we do this for fun. Yeah, we love winning. We love doing those kind of things. But we all got into it because we love football and we love just the fun of conversing with other people about football. And that's, that's all we're really doing right here. You know, it's just trying yeah. to pass some dimes on to you guys and a couple guys having, having some fun talking football. Absolutely. Absolutely. One more time, remind the listeners where they can find you. Yeah. You can find me at uh, dynasty underscore dad FF. You almost have me say the other guy's name. We're going to start <laughs> pushing a bunch of people his way. And uh, yeah, you can find my rankings and my writings at dynasty happy hour. Um, and you can find us at Dynasty Refinery. And like I said, check out DraftKits.co. Um, you guys put in the code DAD, you guys get a 10% off. So, you know, you can't beat that. They got the awesome boards, fully customizable. Love it. Nice. I, I just wrote that down. I just wrote that down because I'm going to need one for my friends and family league. Come on. All right. Yeah, what, what's, y'all got to be buying. What's really cool about them this year, and I, I know the owner, is they're so confident there's going to be a football season this year that if you order the boards – and there's no season and you order by August 1st, they will send you free stickers next year, you know, and they have all the stickers you get to go put up there. There's no better feeling walking up to the board and just placing that sticker up on there, you know, and it's, it's a good time. I'll tell you real quick before we shut off, I'll tell you a worse feeling. Worst feeling is you walking up there to grab Tyree kill in the fourth round, not this year, a year or two years. So third, fourth round, whatever it is, you're like, ha, I'm grabbing my guy. Tyreek Hill right here in the third, fourth round, whatever it was, doesn't matter. You take the sticker off, and then all of a sudden, the next guy walks up. He doesn't know who he wants to pick quite yet. Takes the sticker out of your hand because you went up too early. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's bad. <laughs> he probably didn't even know either. He was just like, that seems like a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Henry. Jack. Yeah. My assistant right. manager did that one year in, a, in an auction draft. He'd never been in the league before. I had won the last three years. He sat next to me and he outbid me on every player. And I'm like, what was that all about? And he's like, well, you always win. So I figured those are the guys. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, you're fired. Get a new job. Did he win? Did he do good? He did. He won the league. But that was more because he had Peyton Hillis that year, if we remember, if you're going way back. This has been a little while, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. I can be found on Twitter at Bob Three Toad on YouTube at Bob Three Toad Warriors, and listen to the new shows that drop on Monday and Thursdays. The Dynasty, nope. The the uh, I 
can't say it. It's too many words. The Fantasy Football Hump Day Happy Hour on Wednesday is at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, make sure you watch that. That'll be possibly tomorrow, depending on when the show airs. And for, that's all for this show. It's been Bob's Three Toe Warriors with Michael Royer. Uh, reminding you soon enough, you'll be able to hit the wave wire, set your lineups, and dominate your opponents. Till then, we'll see you.